0: I think it's time that we all become unmasked. Find out what I mean on this episode of Pushback. If you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Greetings, all my listeners. I am so glad that you're tuning in again to another episode of Pushback. I'm Dr. Johnny, and uh, we're going to go after it here today because this is entitled Unmasked, Unmasked. And uh, this has a lot of different implications uh, with this podcast because uh, I want to be unmasked. I think it's time that we are all very transparent about the things that are happening in this world. Uh, But also very specifically about some of the mandates and the things that are coming down from the CDC and the government. And it's time that we just talk about some of these things and these issues. Uh, I believe that this week... Uh, over the last several weeks, that there has been politically um, uh, those who have been unmasked. I believe that the liberal policies of our current administration has demonstrated themselves, especially on display in Afghanistan. And it breaks my heart, um, although I'm not terribly surprised about what we're seeing there. I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be a foreign policy expert Um, but I do realize that there has been a mishandling and I think most people agree a dramatic mishandling of the affairs in Afghanistan and I don't fully understand it uh, but if there was going to be a pullout uh, I don't understand why people weren't informed why they weren't given a heads up um, why the reach and the Um, ability of the Taliban to so quickly secure the nation on their behalf was not realized. And if it was realized, why wasn't there advance notice given? And so there's some some liberal agenda connected to this where we tend to take a knee uh, to foreign policy, which I am uncomfortable with and would love to talk about in the future and get your opinions about as well. But today I do want to talk about Uh, COVID and uh, the variant and the things that are happening there. I, I know that I have a unique perspective as a physician. Uh, and caring for patients every day in my emergency department uh, with COVID and treating and managing and watching the numbers closely, and of course, for this podcast as well, Uh, because there's been an incredible amount of support, not necessarily agreement (laughs) with me over this topic, uh, but support in discussing the topic, And and I so value that. And appreciate that, and so I want people to know that that I, I'm never uh, angry or or frustrated. Um, sometimes I do uh, scratch my head sometimes because. I feel like sometimes the same things are are being said over and over again. I want to bring clarity to that, but I also feel the frustration of my listeners because they want to do what's right for themselves and for their family, and there's so much different information that's being thrown at us uh, that's hard to to know and to weed out uh, the players. That's that's. Uh, Discussing, And I'm one of those players. I'm one person that has been supportive of the vaccine from the very beginning and still am. Um, and there are others that uh, look on it with um, more distrust and, and, and don't feel comfortable giving it to themselves or their families. And I respect and honor that position as well. But I do want to address uh, some of these issues as we continue uh, to go forward. Uh, the Uh, Again, the Delta variant has been the dominant variant of what we've been seeing uh, in our nation. And there have been only, uh, as of the beginning of August, there have been only about 7,000 reports of breakthrough infections that resulted in hospitalization or death among the over 160 million fully vaccinated people. Now, 7,000 is not nothing, Uh, but I want to caution my listeners that those 7,000 people are the ones that are in the news, not the other 160 million people that are not, that are not contracting the virus, or at least not getting the virus to the point of hospitalization or death, which is the metric that we ought to be tracking from a health of our society. So if we take that from a percentage, the percentage is 0.01% or less of the vaccinated people are being hospitalized or dying from this Delta variant. That's a big difference. And I want to understand people are like, well, people who are vaccinated are still getting the virus. Now that is true, uh, but the severity is markedly less, markedly less. And those who are unvaccinated are still, un- unfortunately, succumbing to the virus at a similar rate previously. There, uh, what I do get somewhat frustrated about when we talk about this is that there is a lot of pushback regarding the vaccine itself, of course, uh, and, and some of the misinformation that has been given regarding that and maybe even some of the censorship connected to that, which I will address in just a couple minutes. Uh, But what I'm not hearing from those who are opposing the vaccine is any type of proposal about what to do next. So if you are against the vaccine, period, like Americans should not be vaccinated, if that is your position, then I need to hear from you what is your position on what to do next. Now, maybe your position is that we do nothing. And many people are taking the position that this virus is genuinely, genuine, generally innocuous, meaning that such a large percentage of people just simply get better, that we don't really need to do anything. Now, I would argue that the 4.4 million people who have died and their families may have a different position about that. And we need to be sensitive to that. And so is your position truly that we do nothing and we allow X percentage of people to simply die from this virus without any any intervention at all? Now, that's your position. That's a difficult position to take. I I respect it, um, but I want to hear if that is actually your position because people are saying and talking against the vaccine. Now, studies have shown and and statistics are proving that we're probably right around one million deaths prevented by vaccination. Now, I know people are saying we don't know about the the side effects and the problems down the road and could that number be higher because of vaccination that certainly has not been shown shown to be the case yet but we're probably in the range of 150,000 to 200,000 prevented deaths just in the United States so far from vaccinations. And so when we start to connect the dots on this conversation which is what I want to do on this podcast When people send me videos of people who are, quote unquote, uh, seeming to be reputable and speaking against uh, vaccination and calling it human experimentation. When when those people, uh, when I see those videos, um, almost all paths, almost all dots connect back to ivermectin. (laughs) Why ivermectin? Ivermectin, as we talked about before is an anti-parasitic medication, uh, but has been shown by some to have effect uh, on treating COVID or the hope to have effect. Well, it goes back to treatment because if we have treatment, then we can back down or decrease or even eliminate vaccinations. So we have a simple, effective, cost-effective treatment. Um, so we're putting all, they are putting all their eggs into one basket, and that's the treatment arm. Because if we can do that, then maybe we won't have to vaccinate. Because it's unethical to do nothing. It goes back to my previous statement. Are we really proposing doing Nothing. And if you are in the leadership position, if you're a politician, if you are a pastor, if you are a principal of a school and you have been given leadership position, are you honestly comfortable to say, eh, let's just do nothing. Let's just let it run its course. I don't think anybody would be real comfortable with taking that leadership, leadership position. It's easy to be, you know, the, the Monday morning armchair quarterback where we look back and say, oh, you're doing it all wrong but there's no proposal on what to do itself. Now, just because something feels like it needs to be done doesn't mean we should just do anything. But vaccination actually has an incredible amount of time, experience, history behind it. Even this vaccine that has been developed now has had 20 years, 20 years where it's been studied and tested so that when the need arises to use this technology, we were able to use it and use it quite quickly. So this notion that this vaccine is just thrown at us as a, as, and we are a human experience, experiment, uh, I believe is is a falsehood. It has been studied and true, tried and it has been found to be safe so that when we're in a situation like we are in today, we were able to do an Operation Warp Speed by President Trump to get this to move quite quickly. And so I find it very interesting that all paths go back to a treatment like ivermectin as an option. And 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 there has been, and, and I again looked into this more for this podcast to make sure that I'm not speaking incorrectly. There has been no conclusive study that has been shown that ivermectin has been effective. Now, I even heard somebody today, a video that was sent to me, and the the person said, well, you know, the medical professionals all want, you know, double-blind, placebo-controlled studies, blah, 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 is what he said. And I am here as a medical professional to say, yes, (laughs) that is what I want. Placebo-controlled, double-blind studies that prove that ivermectin is effective. And so he cites what's called cohort studies, where they take a bunch of longitudinal studies, put them all together, and find out if they have some efficacy. Well, they did that, and he references this meta-analysis where they put these studies together and, and get larger numbers to try to show their case. Well, it turns out the study that boosted the numbers was in Egypt that found out to be a fraudulent study, where apparently a large proportion of the Of those studied, all had the same birthday. (laughs) So they manufactured the data to try to boost the numbers. This was discovered, and that cohort was removed from the meta analysis. And when that was removed, it was no longer statistically significant. And there have been several, several attempts at placebo blind controlled studies, and all of them have not shown efficacy of ivermectin all of them so there is no connection and so when somebody says there's a longitudinal study what that means is is that they have taken patients they've given them ivermectin they followed them over time and found out how they have um how what was the result of giving them the ivermectin well guess what when you do it as an outpatient or you do it as a preventive measure, over 95% of those with COVID get better anyway. And so when you give them ivermectin, and guess what? Greater than 95% of them get better anyway. Is it from the ivermectin? We don't know. That's, what a lo- that's the problem with a longitudinal study. You have to put it up against a placebo to see if there's a difference. And that's what we're not seeing yet. And I will... Echo most medical professionals, if you can prove to me that ivermectin is an effective drug treatment for COVID-19, that I will be the first to wave the flag and I'll be the first to prescribe it. But it has to be proven. A longitudinal study could show that the glass of milk that you drank for breakfast is the issue. And you study that longitudinally and you find, guess what? 95% of COVID patients got better. Maybe it was the glass of milk. Is Are you comfortable going on YouTube and saying everybody just needs to drink milk every day and we'll be fine. That's not scientific and it's not acceptable and it's not enough evidence. And so when we talk about human experimentation, where's the outcry for physicians that are going off-label, off-study, and giving basically a glass of milk to patients and saying this is helping? That's called human experimentation in my book versus vaccination, which actually has years and years of data, and have been shown to already be incredibly effective. So you take out the treatment arm, and then we're right back where we started. What do we do? How do we help people? Do we do anything? Or are we comfortable just saying, yeah, well, 5% of the population is going to die. Millions and millions of people, and we just need to be okay with that. So I need to hear your feedback on those who are against the vaccine. Give me some feedback in that regard because I need, a, I need a solution. I need an answer to what we're doing. And please don't say ivermectin, at least not yet, until you can have a study that shows that it's true and it's effective. So I also have received many questions from viewers about censorship. And I will tell you that it, it outrages me that there is any form of censorship that's coming down on this topic or others. You are hopefully know my heart that I just want to be a voice. I don't want to be the only voice and silence all the other voices. In fact, I listen to most everything that you guys send me, the videos, the the questions that you have because I care about what you think. And we Anybody that blocks somebody who thinks differently than they do, or even have the ability to block them, should raise red flags. And I agree with many of my listeners that say that it gives a perception of guilt or cover-up, which is not what we need right now. And I don't believe that we have anything to hide. As medical professionals, we aren't politicians. We don't get kickbacks on the vaccine. We aren't getting paid by this. We just want to do what is evidence-based and what helps our patients, period. So we don't want to cover anything up. And if that's happening, I believe it's outrageous. I believe that that happened after the election when Trump supporters were like, hey, something's fishy going on here. And all of a sudden censorship began to happen because we can't talk about that. This sounds like communistic china to me and and that very much concerns me now these are private companies that i i guess have the legal right to do that but what are they afraid of and so i am with you on that i just started reading the book dune it was recommended by my brother as one of his favorite science fiction type books i i don't know a lot of backstory behind it but i've been reading uh and several chapters into it and i i i st- stumbled over a a line that was written by Frank Herbert, the author of Dune. And he said, a ruler must learn to persuade and not compel. Stuck with me, especially the discussion that we're having right now. Why can't we all simply discuss, bring up facts, bring up our heart, bring up our motivations uh, about helping people and then allow people, American people to make the decision on their own. Knowing and hoping that they would do the right thing, persuading them to do the right thing. Not compelling. And we see that that's happening right now. You guys know Rand Paul, a senator from Kentucky. Uh, He dared to say that face masks aren't terribly effective. (laughs) He said most of the masks you get over the counter don't work. Paul, an eye surgeon, said in the video, they don't prevent infection. The statement from YouTube, we remove content from Senator Paul's channel for including claims that masks are ineffective in preventing the contraction or transmission of COVID-19. In accordance with our COVID-19 medical misinformation policies, YouTube said in a statement, we apply our policies consistently across the platform, regardless of speaker or political views. I have a great question. Who is we? (laughs) We remove content. We apply our policies. Who's we? Certainly not medical professionals. Certainly not CDC correspondents. Certainly not anyone who has a real understanding of what a mask does or prevents or doesn't prevent. It's just they spoke out against someone or something that they disagree with. Don Lamont is a CNN anchor, and I remember him responding to this, and he kind of looks at the camera and shakes his head, and he said, you know, what Rand Paul said was not true. He can't say that. How does Don Lamont know? He's not a medical expert or a CDC correspondent. He knows nothing about this, and he's shaking his head like, well, that is not true. It drives me crazy. It drives me crazy. So let me give you one minute about mask mandates. (laughs) If masks are so effective, there's been a, a, a big inconsistency, as we've all seen, in wearing masks. N95 masks, which we have access to in the emergency department, are over 90% effective in pre- preventing transmission of particles. When we get down to medical masks, we get anywhere from 40 to 60%. Cloth masks are, quote-unquote, less effective. So maybe Rand Paul isn't wrong. These aren't terribly effective so why are we silencing him why can't we discuss it and find out if this is best for us i think you know if masks were so effective we wouldn't be doing social distancing and quarantining (laughs) right i remember when my daughter had her driver's test they had her wear a mask and then the instructor was required to roll down his window when it was about 20 below zero in minnesota (laughs) roll down the window where's the data in that like that's going to prevent anything and if maggie's wearing a mask and masks are so effective why would you need to do that see i don't think 60 percent blockage of particles is nothing and i've taken the stance for me for my family that it's a very small price to pay for even the perceived benefit of it and having you think safely And having people think that you're thinking safely. I think that's okay for a thing to do for us to do in society. And so we as a family decided to wear masks when it was mandated. I sometimes give ankle and knee braces to people and explain to them they really don't make you heal faster or prevent further injury. But it does make you think about the fact that your ankle is sprained. (laughs) And so maybe you are a little bit more careful. But really the heart of what we're talking about here is that the government today thinks that we're dumb and they need to spoon feed us. They need to protect us from anything that would disagree with their narrative. And so next podcast, because I'm running out of time, I'm going to probably talk in other facts about the vaccine and and talk about vaccine mandates. I have never been, and that's been my stance from the very beginning I've done this, that I do not recommend vaccination mandates. I believe that people can be persuaded and not compelled. That's what I feel like I can do, my role that I can do as a physician. I think any censorship is ridiculous. But really at the heart of this is that they think we're dumb. And that's at the heart of my podcast as well, is that we don't operate in a spirit of fear, but love and power and a sound mind where we can think for ourselves. I love Ronald Reagan, and I've quoted him before. He, he wrote, We created government as our servant, beholden to us and possessing no powers except those voluntarily granted to it by us. Now, a self-anointed elite in our nation's capital would have us believe that we're incapable of guiding our own destiny. They practice government by mystery, telling us it's too complex for our understanding. Believing this, they assume we might panic if we were to be told the truth about our problems. Why should we become frightened? No people who have ever lived on this earth have fought harder, paid a higher price for freedom, or have done more to advance the dignity of man than the living Americans, the Americans living in this land today. There isn't any problem we can't solve if government will give us the facts, tell us what needs to be done, and then get out of the way and let us have at it. My friends, that is the mantra of this podcast. That is the, the, the way I feel about any of these issues that are before us. That we can talk about it. We, can, we have very intelligent people in the right places that can give us and inform us about the facts and then get out, get out of the way and allow us to make the decisions on our own. But the government doesn't feel that way. They feel like they need to control our money in high taxes. They feel like they need to control our health care. They feel like they need to control us. And that's not okay. Censorship is never okay. Doesn't mean that we like everything that people say, but that's America. That's the ability to stand on the corner and shout what you believe. You don't have to listen to it. You don't have to believe it. You don't have to like it. And that's true for my podcast as well. Psalm seventy-eight, seventy-two says, So he shepherded them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. I love that. It's leadership where we operate in integrity, but we also have an understanding and a skill set that has been given to us by God. So Ronald Reagan talked about surrounding ourselves with great people. And that is my position for you. That is my exhortation to you. is surround yourself with the people of integrity and skill that you trust and that you love. And that means probably not YouTube and Facebook and random people that quote-unquote seem reputable. But ask questions. I would like to submit that you check in with your family doctor, like the one who delivered your baby, the one who has stood with your family and knows, and, and someone that you know and that you trust. I'm confident that most physicians in America would agree with my position on vaccinations, not because they're political, not because they're diabolical, not because there's financial gain in it but they're clinicians they're knowledgeable in vaccines and caring for the whole family and i believe that's key because we can look at something like covid-19 and say well it's genuinely and it's generally innocuous but my friends, there are those out there that are elderly, that are immunocompromised, that are vulnerable, that are chronically ill. And they if they get COVID-19, there are serious consequences with that. So there is an advantage to eliminate the host for those people. Family physicians also care for the healthy. And they can look at your family, the whole picture of your family. And you together can decide whether this is right or wrong for you. That's surrounding yourself with somebody who has integrity in their heart and skillfulness in their hands. Would you do that for me? Check in with them. A real human being, not somebody on a screen. Not even somebody on a podcast. But somebody that you trust, that you love, that have your heart, that are willing to step into that place of responsibility on your behalf. That's what I ask. So, next podcast I... I will probably get back into a little bit of the mandates on vaccines because it's not easy and it's not black and white. (laughs) There's some gray there. But I want to give you my perspective and my heart on that as well because many have asked about it. I love you so much. Thank you for listening to me in this. We are living in uncertain times and and very strange in a lot of ways, isn't it? (laughs) But it's okay to talk about it. It's okay to disagree about it. It's okay to honor each other through it. And in honor, we change culture. So let's go together now to set and shape the culture.